morning, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 147 of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Oh, I'm excited. I could not wait to talk to you guys on this beautiful Monday morning here in Chicago. The sun is shining. It's uh, it's a little chilly. I'm not going to stunt. It's a little chilly. But yo, UFC 243 has come and gone. And like your boy has predicted, we have a brand new superstar. Supernova in the UFC, in MMA, the biggest star post-Reebok, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, has arrived, people. He's arrived. Oh, man, I cannot wait to talk about him and his incredible matchup this past weekend with Robert Whitaker. The entire card, I'm going to be honest with you. The card itself kind of played out exactly how I thought it was going to. Main event, co-main event. We have people actually that we need to talk about now, which is incredible. Um, That was entertaining. Man, at the same time, this weekend, boxing got a little, you know, a little spicy. It got legitimately spicy, man. We had Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, going out there and fighting Sergei Devrachenko and... I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not agree with the uh, the final score, man. So I'll break that fight down as well. Bellator also had a great weekend this weekend, man. So all in all, yo, such incredible fight action. And like I say time and time again, there is no better time to be a combat sports fan. Boxing's on fire. MMA's on fire. Kickboxing, even this upcoming week, Bellator has a kickboxing event that we're eventually going to talk about also. Crazy dope stuff going on, man. Um, Man, but before I get into that, man, I just want you guys to know, each week we're brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company here in Chicago. Check them out, sageeatschicago.com. Uh, apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Every bit of your needs, if you live here in Chicago, in terms of, for instance, healthy meals, deliver right to you guys, man. Check them out. Also, if you have an opportunity, go ahead and check out Say, um, sorry, the fightpodcast.com man. Check us out. That's where you can communicate with me directly. Let me know positive, negative, whatever it is, man. Holla at me, holla at your boy, and also tell everybody about the fight podcast, the best combat sports show around. I'm saying it now, I'm the underground king. Facts. We love talking about Eddie Alvarez and everything, but look, I'm going to start making my claim. Your boy, Serge Vicente, is the underground king. I'm the best at this, and that's what we're going to do from now on, man. So let everybody know the underground king, Serge Vicente, the host of the Fight Podcast, share. Share. Let everybody know about the show where everywhere podcasts are available iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. 
Check us out on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. This is where you're going to get the best MMA breakdowns. This is the best opinions and everything right here on The Fight Podcast. Let them know. Let them know, man. (laughs) Uh, So with that being said, look, man, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The biggest event this past weekend was UFC 243 in Melbourne, Australia. I know, I'm pretty sure I said Melbourne wrong. I have some family members that actually live out there and they check me every time. But regardless, when I say family members, I mean my girlfriend's family members. So, you know, technically my family members, it is what it is. But still, Melbourne, Australia, man, an incredible event. This was... They have broke the live gate record. Like I said, they would broke the live gate record um, that was previously held by Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. That was they had 56,000 in attendance. This was close to 58,000 in attendance, man. The place was rocking. Everything was live, and when the main event started, oh, and real quick, shout out to ESPN, man. Um, they're starting to do a little bit more with production value, doing the really cool graphics on the screen, kind of that 3D thing coming at you. Really dope job, man. They're really starting, especially for these huge events, really starting to step it up. So, salute to them, man. But, man, this event, though, they come out. The the underdog, the the gentleman whom is the interim champion, I am talking about Israel Adesanya. He comes out of the tunnel and dude, he does something that I'm gonna be honest with you, takes huge cojones. I'm talking about my man has big balls to be able to go out there and he goes out there with his three best friends, three dudes he grew up with. Three dudes he had a dance crew with and has a legitimate, legitimate choreographed dance routine. He goes out here, gets to pop locking. He gets to busting flips. He does the Bruce Lee come here thing. And then he goes out there, you know, he powers up, does whatever the anime thing he was saying. And uh, the Rock Lee stance, he hits his Rock Lee stance and um, and, and goes out there. While he is in the cage getting ready for the champion, Robert Whitaker to come out. And here's the thing I'll say too: 75% of that crowd wanted Robert Whitaker to win. He went out there and did that entire dance with the crowd essentially against him. And when you do things like that, not only do people in the audience want you to lose, you have people at home. I know it. I know they're at home. Like, oh, he's too arrogant. Oh. He's going to lose. Watch. <laughs> Were they wrong? He goes out there um, when Robert Whitaker, the champion, is coming into the cage. This dude is just busting a Carlton, man. He's hanging out loose. And for me, when I see that, the first thing that comes to mind is, man, he's relaxed. And that's one thing that I've noticed. Every time Israel Asanya is having fun, he performs at his best. I have only seen him once look a little tight. And it took him a little bit of time to get into the flow of the fight. And that was his fight against Anderson Silva. Go back and look at that fight. He wasn't dancing. He wasn't tight. 
he was giving Anderson all the respect in the world. So when he looks at that man, it's just like, I knew from that moment, I'm like, oh, this is Izzy's fight. So the fight starts off pretty much like I anticipated. Robert Whitaker as tough as he is, he obviously studied the fight with Kelvin Gastelum. Obviously, that was the last fight that Israel Adesanya had. It was an extremely tough fight. One thing that Kelvin Gastelum did was he had a lot of success while he was lunging in, being explosive, lunging in, throwing big power. Every shot that Robert Whittaker threw, fam, he was swinging for the fences. If any of those shots landed on any normal man, fam, we're all out of there. But one thing, again, from the dancing, from the movement that I've noticed, I have never seen with such firepower coming around you, the level of calmness Adesanya had. Barely sliding out of the way. Leaning back. Everything that he did was precision. You knew he was focused in on the event. Even when he get caught with a couple shots. When he was caught with a number of shots, it seemed like it didn't affect him. It was just like, oh, okay, it happens. And he kept on going. The first round is kind of back and forth. They're feeling each other out. And with, you hear that, 10 seconds left in the round, everyone starts to kind of relax. Okay, we'll see how this, this goes into the next round. Three, two, boom! Left hook, Israel Adesanya floors the champion. Right before he lands the finishing blow, horn, uh, horn rings, the entire crowd dead silent. Everyone's like, oh, shit. What just happened? Robert Whitaker bounces back up, shakes his head. It's all good. They go back to their corners. I honestly, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't hear the bell ring. I was jumping up and down in my living room, man. Like, oh, he did it. He won. He went back to the corner. It's all good. Middle of the round, man. No one cared. Everyone seems chill. Robert Whitaker seems go back at it. Next round comes up, man. And three minutes and 35 seconds into the next round, Israel Adesanya first takes a huge shot by Robert Whitaker. But one thing he was able to do, which all of this time, and this is something I talked about, there's levels to this game and there's levels to high level striking. High level strikers are accustomed to getting hit. So if they're accustomed to getting hit hard, their technique isn't going to waver. And that's what happened. He got cracked with a huge right hand by Robert Whitaker. Didn't matter. He responded back with a huge right hand that he more than anything else caught him with his um, his wrist and forearm. Brought Robert Whitaker's head right to where he wanted it. Throws a huge left hook. Cracks him right on the chin. If you haven't had an opportunity to already go on MMAfighting.com. Check out Esther Lynn. Esther Lynn is one of the best, if not the best MMA photographers in the world. She has a shot. Oh my God. This shot shows exactly the precision in which um, Israel Adesanya landed this shot. But here's the thing. It wasn't even the precision. This shot, because when you actually saw it happen, it was so fast. You're like, damn, did he really get hit? He got cracked. And this shot by Esther Lynn shows the violence in which he got hit with and how hard. 
Dude, it is a gnarly ass shot if you have an opportunity to check it out. Robert Whitaker falls back and you can tell at that point in time, he, he wasn't there. He didn't want any more. Adesanya comes up, I'll go over the top of him, land some amazing ground and pound. Yo, the fight's done. We have a new champion. What does this mean for MMA? What this means is officially the MMA and UFC has the biggest superstar in the sport. Is he as big as Conor McGregor to this point? No, no, he's not. Does he have the ability and the capabilities to? I believe yes. He brings worldwide appeal. He's Nigerian born. He's from New Zealand. He's fun. He speaks well. You have all of these things. He's a great interview. He's hilarious. And he calls his own shots. After the fight, he just got done knocking out the, on paper, most difficult fight of his life. Jumps on the cage, throws the double bird at Paulo Costa, who everyone believes Paulo Costa's next. He throws the double bird. Even in his post-fight interview, he says, yo, I want to fight this inflatable monkey over here. I'm going to beat his ass. I'm going to, you know, this, this inflatable Ricky Martin. He just starts roasting, dude, calls his shots. And you can tell Adesanya has an incredible chip on his shoulder. He wants it. He wants it. He wants greatness. So you hear all these other individuals talking, oh, man, you know, we'll see. We will see. I don't know. He has to defend his belt. Stop it. Stop it. If you haven't been paying attention now, this isn't somebody who just appeared. This is somebody who has experience. This is somebody who has had been at the top of kickboxing. This is somebody who is trained with the best in the world. This person is ready and primed for this moment. So everybody else who's talking trash, saying that this is just a flash in a pan, where have you been? And if you've listened to anybody who's actually said, yo, or they didn't believe in Adesanya, yo, you need to stop listening to them right now. If you knew anything, again, I understand his opponents. Thoroughly understandable. Because a lot of his opponents and the people in his own weight class are like, eh, I don't see it. He's not impressive. Fine, you're going to go ahead and fight against them. It is what it is, right? I'm not mad at that. But in terms of um, media personalities, in terms of journalists, yo, what? I've told you guys from I don't know how long, as long as this show has been going on, how great Adesanya is. And this isn't something that I'm saying after the fact. No, 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 no. I got receipts, fam. Go back and listen to however many episodes you need to. He's somebody who's been fire. He's been amazing. And when I first saw him a few years ago, he was just doing kickboxing. I watched him in glory. And from the first moment I saw him, the way he carried himself, the way he moved, I was like, yo, that dude is nice. Like, nice, nice. But people hate. I don't know if it's because he's lean. I don't know. Or let me rephrase it. You know, let's give one up for the skinny dudes. Man, 
I mean, I'm always struggling with trying to get a little bit bigger, but man, Izzy's making me feel nice to be a little skinny. I don't care. <laughs> oh, skinny dude, stand up. We good out here. <laughs> so that's the thing. People have been hating on him. And if you're hating on him still to this point, if you're not a believer, we can't listen to you anymore. What else does this guy have to do? Let's look at his resume. In literally a year and a half, he has won seven UFC fights, has beat the likes of Brad Tavares, always tough, Derek Brunson, the litmus test of litmus tests, Anderson Silva, the proverbial goat, Kelvin Gastelum, the guy that, shoot, everyone thought might be king, the beast, who he is, well-rounded everywhere, extremely nice power, and has dropped everyone he has ever fought at at um at middleweight and now he fought the fought, fought the champion who everyone believed was a top 10 pound for pound guy in Robert Whitaker guess what he blew through all those guys Israel Adesanya is legit Israel Adesanya will be a champion for a long time it is going to take some time. The only question that I have, and, and this is just because, again, stylistically and styles make fights. And here's the thing. His takedown defense has gotten better and better and better and better. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am extremely surprised that Robert Whitaker, as great as he is at wrestling, and if you have not had an opportunity, go back and listen to our last episode, our episode in which I broke it down. I believe it was episode 144. Go back and check that out. If you go and listen to this episode, I talked about how great Robert Whitaker's wrestling was. And I thought that he would actually go out there and try to implement his wrestling in some capacity. He didn't. He didn't even attempt to take down, which, again, truly blows my mind. This fight was fought at range. It was fought at range. It was fought at Izzy's Playhouse. And one thing Adesanya showed and proved to me was how incredible he was. So anybody who wants to go out there and talk about how not impressive or mm, I need to see more, yo, go kick rocks. Because at the end of the day, you're you're not an educated fan. You, you're not paying attention. Pay attention. 76 and 3 kickboxing record. 18 and 0 now. MMA. And went through the, the wood shop to get to uh, to get to this title shot. He fought the who's who and he destroyed everybody. Now. The fact that he goes up there and is able to call his next shot, it's going to be Paula Costa. I think that is going to be an entertaining fight. But at the end of the day, I thoroughly believe Izzy is going to destroy him as well. Um, One thing that he did, and let's just talk about technically for a second, okay? Because it's not like he was just slinging punches, right? The fact that he was able to absorb such a great shot. And if you look at it, he was never drawing straight back. He was consistently giving his opponent angles. The left hook that he landed to finish the fight was because, again, he was sliding back and forth and back and forth. And when he slid to the side, he was able to get an angle, slip a punch from his opponent and land his own. 
It's a beautiful thing to watch, man. He's, again, the real deal, man. And yeah, am I dick-eating a little bit? Yeah? So? Dude is legit. I don't care. I, I'll talk. I'll dicky with him just the same way I do Jay-Z. I do not care. I will be that guy. All right. But here's the thing is because I identify greatness and I acknowledge greatness and he is great. All right. Let's talk about Robert Whitaker for a hot second. First and foremost, Robert Whitaker handled this loss like an absolute gentleman. He said he'll be back. He says, you know, he's obviously disappointed, but he's one of the best in the world. And he gave all the, the, the big ups to Adesanya. That's what I expect from that dude. He's class personified and he will be back. Who should he fight next, though? How can he get himself back into a title picture? Well, I got an idea for that. How about this big yoked up black dude from Alaska who now trains in at the lab in Arizona. I'm talking about Jared Cannonier. If he wants to get back into that title picture, have him fight Jared Cannonier. The winner of that fight ends up, if not getting a title shot, is the number one contender. That, in my opinion, is the best way to get Robert Whitaker back into the mix. Will he win that fight? I don't know. I don't. Um, and, I'm, and I'm gonna be very honest with you. At this point in time, I actually favor Jerrican Near. Serge, you're hating. Why a uh, prisoner of the moment? No, not at all. I've said this from the beginning. I think Robert Whitaker, as great as he is, as well rounded as he is was the most overrated champion in the UFC. There was a reason that he was not ranked top 10 pound for pound. Every time he faces a upper level striker, he loses. At the end of the fights, he fades. This isn't a knock on him. This is just the reality. And I think people really need to see it. And more importantly, there's this. And... I'm not going to lie. I really did feel bad for Robert Whitaker in this regard. You've only fought twice in three years. He didn't fight for roughly 438 days. I believe it was something along those lines um, in between fights. Your first fight back, you have to fight a guy who has all of the momentum. In a year's time, he has fought six times and won. And in those six fights, he has five post-fight bonuses. Think about that. You haven't fought a lot. This guy's on a roll. MMA doesn't believe in warm-up fights. I'm not the biggest proponent of it. But in specific situations, the fact that as the champion... Literally, this dude was injured. He comes back. He has a surgery. He has to come back. And then he has to fight in a 60,000-seat arena with fans screaming his name against the biggest hype train in the UFC. And he gets stopped. That's one of the biggest reasons why I didn't believe he was going to win. It's like, dude, he hasn't been active enough. He doesn't have a feel for the fight. And now he's going in there with the best guy in the world? What? 
UFC didn't do him any favors, man. So in that capacity, I do feel bad for him. I hope he takes a little bit of time off, and I hope he gets a, a winnable fight. Granted, I know I said Jared Cannonier, but again, if he wants to get right back into the title shot, fight Jared Cannonier. If he wants to get a fight that he has to kind of warm up into it, fight somebody else. Fight a Jack Hermanson. Fight somebody a little bit further down in the rankings. Then we'll be able to see what happens with Robert Whittaker. I thoroughly believe he'll be able to bounce back. Will he get another title shot? I don't know. I think his time at the top might have come and gone. All right. Um, great event, though, man. Great event. Israel Adesanya, man, the last style bender. Bro, he's something else. The way he handles it, the way he has been able to develop, um, the way the, the levels of improvement that he has had over the last year is incredible. And what I also want to talk about is his coach, Eugene Behrman. Eugene is the head coach over at City Kickboxing in um, New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand, um, where all these gentlemen live. And he is creating a super team, a legitimate super team. He's an incredible coach, in my opinion, at this point in time, he is the coach of the year. All of his fighters are doing great. Think about it. Stylebender, Dan Hooker, Volkanovski, who is about to fight Max Holloway for the title. And the list goes on and on. Incredible, man. Incredible coach. His team is incredible. And the, the way they go out there and compete is like no other. The fainting, the level of striking that these guys have, um, it's something else. Eugene Barman, man, salute to you, sir. Um, and if we continue, man, speaking of him in city kickboxing, yo, Dan Hooker, number 15 ranked guy, called his shot, called out Ally Quinta. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had this wrong. I had it wrong, man. I had Ally Quince. I said, look, he's, he's more battle-tested. He has more experience. He'll be able to win this fight. Dan Hooker proved. Dude, first of all, this looked like it was two different weight classes. Dan Hooker's huge for the weight class. He's tall. He's jacked. And you know what? He utilizes his height extremely well. Kept... Um, I, I acquainted all the end of his jab and absolutely took away one of his biggest weapons from the jump. Right from the beginning of the fight, he hacked at that right leg, or should I say his left leg, was forcing out to switch stances, which isn't his prominent stance, and literally beat the piss out of him for the rest of the fight. Dropped Al in a second, completely destroyed him. And if we look at these numbers, man, dude, it's not even close. Look at this. Ally Quinta only landed 38 out of 117 strikes in comparison to Dan Hooker's 104 out of 213. He landed 98 significant strikes, man. 98 significant strikes in comparison to only 37. It was nuts. He also knocked Ally Quinta down in the third round or should I say the second round, and just completely destroyed him. I mean, look, dude, he landed more head strikes on Ally Quinta than Ally Quinta landed any strikes. 
This was a coming out party for Dan Hooker. And after the fight, he called out Dustin Poirier. Now, since then, Dustin Poirier is going out there and said, hey, man, I'm working on a fight with an Irishman. You're good. It's not that time for you yet. But I think it is. I was ranked number six. Now, Dan Hooker should be ranked in that space. I would love to see him fight against Dustin Poirier. Another very well-schooled striker. Now, I think it'll be a little different because Dustin is a much bigger man than Al is. Muscular, muscular-wise. So, pound for pound, strong-wise, he'll be a better matchup in that capacity. But, again, he's another dude. He's big, he's strong, he's tough, he's durable. Those are the type of fights that Dustin has proven he can actually win. Think about his fights with Justin Gaethje and and so on. But, dude, there's so many matchups for Dan Hooker. Shit, Justin Gaethje's another one. Look at the run that Dan Hooker's been on. Jim Miller, James Vick, Gilbert Burns, Ally Aquinta. Man, that is an impressive resume. Great wins, man, by Dan Hooker. And again, City Kickboxing in Auckland, New Zealand. Yo, if I ever have an opportunity, I would love to go down there and train with you guys. Salute to all of you involved down there. What an amazing team, man. Um, Moving right along, the rest of the card was okay. I'm not going to say it's the greatest card in the world. Tai Tuovasa ended up getting put to sleep with a second round submission, three minutes and 17 seconds against Sergey Spivak. Ty, I don't know, man. This is the Mark Hunt um, protege, former rugby player, great personality, shoeies and all. Three losses in a row at heavyweight. The thing that I was the most disappointed about in this performance from him is his seems like his fight IQ is trash. Completely garbage. He was rolling into chokes. He was giving this Spivak opportunities to actually get into specific positions. It made no sense. I was so disappointed in Tai Tuovasa. Fam, you've lost two in a row, and then you go out there and all you're trying to do is throw bombs? Where's your wrestling? Where's your grappling? And people have to thoroughly understand this. When you have holes in your game, if your team isn't giving you that, I know that you love your people. But if you want to stay in this sport, if you want to stay at the highest level, you got to go somewhere else. And I'm going to be honest with you. Tied to Avasa, if you're listening, fam, you got to get out of the team that you're in. If you want to stay at the top, your wrestling sucks. And your fight IQ honestly doesn't seem like it's much better. And this honestly isn't even a knock on type. I expected more from him. I, when he came into it, I was like, yo, this dude is really fun to watch. Yes, he has some holes in his game, but it seemed like it was a Mark Hunt 2.0. Now I'm looking at it like, yo, Mark Hunt's better than this dude. This ain't 2.0. This is like a neck like 0.2. What is this? Dog, he has to do better. I was so disappointed in Tai Tuovasa, man. Um, it, it wasn't wasn't a good look at all. Uh, moving on to the card, um, Megan Anderson got a great uh, finish in this fight. Um, also, man, um, Diego Lima looked great in this fight versus uh, Luke Jimu. 
It was a really, really fun, very entertaining fight. Um, ooh, ooh, speaking of the curtain jerkers, uh, and curtain jerker just means the first person on the main card, okay? Bah, nothing, nothing weird. Jorgen DeCastro, um, friend of the show, hopefully we can get him on at some point soon, changes his life, goes out there and fights against the very highly touted Justin Taffa and gets a KO in the very, I'm talking about straight walk-off KO, very first round, two minutes and eight seconds in. This dude has an amazing story. Used to fight at 205, didn't pan out, ended up getting his opportunity in the UFC through the Contender Series, got a huge win via leg kicks there. Dana got him, let him in. He gets a short notice fight against Justin Taffa, someone who everyone believes is going to be that guy. He's huge. He's powerful. He's scary. He got all the, 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 the rock tattoos, all that stuff. And Justin Jorgen DeCastro goes out there and lays absolute bricks, laid a huge right hand, man, thoroughly dropped him, man. It was done. Beautiful opportunity, man. Great. I mean, it is wild when you actually think about it. Being in um, Australia, being in Sydney, the home of the great Mark Hunt, and uh, seeing somebody actually having one of those big walk-off KOs uh, was impressive, especially with a dude with that body type. Um, so salute to uh, Jurgen DeCastro. Amazing fight. And uh, all in all, man, this card was a lot of fun, man. It, I mean, like I said, there was uh, a, a couple other dudes on here that was fun to watch. Jake Matthews picks up a win. Um, not the most impressive, not the most fun win, but still, he went ahead and got it in. The fight that was incredible, though, Brad Riddle versus Jamie uh, Malarkey. Yo, this fight was a back and forth affair. Brad Riddle, another one of the guys from City Kickboxing, somebody with a huge Muay Thai background. This dude is an absolute beast. He goes out there and get, and yo, these guys, this was the fight of the night. They both got 50K after this one. I mean, dude, it was so serious that they were so tired and exhausted in the third round. They're on, both of them are on their knees, right? Facing each other. And Brad Riddle starts throwing bombs from his knees. It was an incredible matchup, man. The most impressive, the most fun fight of the night. And uh, yo, salute to those guys, man, for real. All right. Now, that for me, obviously, was the biggest fight of the weekend, the biggest fight card of the weekend. Um, but there was still a lot of great action, um, especially in terms of boxing. DAZN put on an amazing event at Madison Square Garden. And Triple G had a surprisingly close to most fight against Sergei, Sergei Devrachenko. Um, First round, uh, Triple G gets a quick knockdown. And uh, from then on now, now here's the thing. It was unanimous decision win for Triple G, 114-113, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. If you remember, if you listened to my boxing episode with Brandon Camille, what did I say? I said, if there is going to be an upset pick to click, if you want to make money, you should make this your underdog pick of the night. And guess what, man? I'm be very honest with you guys. I think Devrachinko won this fight. 
And I'm not the only one that feels that way. There are a lot of individuals who feel the exact same way. I think he outworked um, Golovkin. But at the very, very least, this is a draw. This is not a unanimous decision victory for um, Triple G. Now, in looking at the numbers, total punches landed 243 to 230. 230 strikes is the most strikes that anyone has ever landed against Gennady Golovkin. That's more than Canelo Alvarez. That's more than Danny Jacobs. That's more than anyone else. He was getting, I mean, and there was a point in time in the fight in the middle rounds where Triple G got hurt by a huge body shot. And there was plenty of times throughout where it looked like he was staggered and he was out on his feet. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers. But one thing I will absolutely say is that, look, if this Gennady Golovkin faces, whether it be Canelo Alvarez, Demetrius Andre, the, the Charlo twins, or should I say not the twins, ones of, I'm talking about Jamal, any of those three, not only does he lose, he gets absolutely dealt with. And I see him getting out of there within the first nine to ten rounds. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people saw chinks in his armor. He is getting older. His last fight against Steve Rolls, I said it then. I saw some chinks in the armor there. And now we're starting to see it even more here. I think Father Time is caught up to him. I think Father Time is letting us know that, check it out, man. Triple G is not the same Triple G that we have grown accustomed to. Um, We're seeing the downside of his career. Not trying to be mean. I'm just keeping it a buck. This dude is not going to hold this IBF belt long. And now that he has a belt, we have people who are belt hunters who are going out there and going to try to get it. I thoroughly believe that with being in the zone, Canelo fighting up um, against um, the crusher. If that fight's not happening, I truly believe they're going to end up giving that fight to uh, Demetrius Andre. And as of right now, I think Demetrius Andre wins that fight, hands down. Um, Bellator also had an amazing event this weekend. That was Bellator 229. And the, the fight I really want to talk about, there's two. Obviously, Karen Melendez went out there, did her absolute thing, got a unanimous decision. Her kickboxing has grown exponentially. Her MMA skill set has grown exponentially. She is a part of that scrap pack. She's married to Gilbert Melendez, one of the greatest to ever do it. She's in the same team with um the the Diaz brothers as well as uh Jake Shields she is extremely well rounded um she is a force in that women's weight class um but more importantly a fight that actually has title implications i am talking about the former champion uh Sergey Korshkov against Lorenz Larkin this fight was a back and forth affair. It was an incredibly entertaining fight. But all in all, the end of the day, Lorenz Larkin beats the former champion and picks up the biggest win of his career. Amazing fight, amazing performance. He went out there and really showed out, man. Um, I thought especially the third round could have been a 10-8 round. Um, he, 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 I mean, he was just dominant, extremely dominant striker, 
great in this thing. It seems like he's finally found himself in Bellator. I'm really happy for this dude. I've thought for a very long time that he is an elite level fighter, especially at 170 pounds. Remember, he's somebody who is very similar to Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier went from heavyweight to light heavyweight to, uh, to middleweight. Lorenz Larkin is similar. He went from light heavyweight where he actually fought people like King Mo, who was all hopped up on that, that uh, Mexican supplements to 185 to now he's fighting at 170 he's found a home in bellator he's found a home and comfortable at this weight class and i thoroughly believe that with the win against Karatonov, he fights the winner of the fight that comes on later on this year with um uh, uh the uh, lima versus rory mcdonald so the winner of that i think it should be lorenz larkin i can't wait to see what happens man but yo all in all, amazing weekend of fights. I want to make this one short and sweet because we have so much more content to get you guys this week. Um, I'm excited. We have a new superstar in the sport. I couldn't be more happy. I couldn't be more excited for Israel, the last style bender out of Sanya. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. He is going to be somebody who is going to be extremely difficult to beat. Everybody welcome to the style bender era of mma all right guys that's about all the time i have for today as always i'm your host serge vicente um get a chance check us out everywhere podcasts are available um apple apple google play spotify stitcher soundcloud also, everywhere we are, everywhere, um, <laughs> uh, check us out all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Check me out at Serge Vicente. Um, if you have an opportunity, also go on the website, man, thefightpodcast.com. Communicate with me, man. Let me know if there's somebody you guys want me to go ahead and actually interview as well. We have a lot of great interviews coming up. Finally, at long last, my interview with Chris Millie is coming out this week, um, along with a couple of other big podcast hosts and things like that. Man, we out here working. We're working, man. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Serge Vicente. I love you guys. It's the underground king. Your boy, at Serge Vicente. Check me out. Um, we'll wrap soon. Um, this has been episode 147 of the Fight Podcast. Deuces! Deuces!